Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. This week is Parshat Akev, and there's a very powerful, I think known passage in this week's Parsha, all about the idea of carrying around the tablets of the Torah, so or of the Ten Commandments, I should say. So today we actually read the Ten Commandments. For those of us who read a full Kriya, you also read the Shema. Um, and then in this coming week's Parsha, which we read some of already today, we actually get this rule, this mitzvah, this honor of how to carry around the tablets while the people are going through the desert. Just as a reminder, Deuteronomy, uh, uh, the book of Devarim, is a book of complete recapitulation, right? So everything that has happened in Devarim, except for like the last two parshiot, is all a... a um, a memory book, right? All a diary recount of what has already happened, mostly in Genesis and Exodus. A little bit of Leviticus, basically none of numbers. Um, and, uh, and so you're getting, so you're getting narrative again. But if you're interested in the idea of the documentary hypothesis, you're getting narrative again, but in a very different way and in a very different voice, it seems. Um, so some people think that it's it's God telling it and now a mature, different voice. Others say that it's just a different writer of the Torah. Whatever, whatever you would like to believe is totally fine, but it is the same stories told in a different way uh, at the end of the Torah before the Torah finishes and then we start it all over again. So we get here a moment where we are being told to hold on to the tablets not just the first tablets sorry not just i gave away i i, I led with the with the answer here um and not that just the second tablets but also the first tablets which were broken which were shattered so before we get into this sheet here my question for you is why why would a people walk around with something that's already quite heavy and add to it basically trash, right? Why would we walk around with something that is, that is not useful, not necessary, broken, in shards, not readable any longer? What's the reason for carrying around the broken as well as the newly written? Any ideas? Marshall. Great. Beautiful. So Marshall's reading in a, a modern day conception of what we do with holy objects or, or even holy parts of our bodies, that we actually bury them. We take them with us. We don't just discard them. We make sure that there is something um, holy done to them because they too are holy. So it doesn't matter that they're broken, Marshall's saying. It matters that they were holy, that they were once holy, that they continue to be holy. And so we take them with us. In this case, we're not burying them, but we're taking them with us. Yeah, or if Great. So there's also, I know you kind of say that tongue in cheek, but it's very real. Like there, there is this idea that we carry around with us that which is broken so that we remember not to do what we did to cause the breaking before again, right? Not to, not to relive our past, but to continue forward with our future. Any other ideas? Yes, Stevie. Moses. Yeah. Here's the evidence that is the authentic Beautiful. So Stevie's saying that, that kind of to add on to this idea of if something is holy, you keep it. If the first tablets were written by the finger of God, and then the second tablets, it's very clear, were written by Moshe once the first were broken, then we really want to keep the first ones, even though they're broken, because it's evidence, it's, it's 
resource of God having written down the Ten Commandments that then Moshe copied down a second time. Any other thoughts? Yeah, Joey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what Marshall was saying. That's that's exactly right. So the other piece of this is the holiday that we just had this past week was Tisha B'Av, right? Why do we have Tisha B'Av in 2023? That's true. Why do we have Tisha B'Av in modern day? Good point. Why do we have Tisha B'Av in modern day? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get you to put these two things together, right? This idea of something that is broken, carrying it with us into a time that is, that is in a moment of repair, albeit potentially not 2023. But this idea of carrying with us the memory of, the history of, the remnants of brokenness into moments of repair and, and growth and therefore sustaining that which is broken to, to be something that we focus on as our repair and, and building f- towards a future. Okay, we're not going to focus on Tisha B'Av, but I did want to, I did want to bring those two pieces together, um, cause it's part of what I was putting this source sheet together on Tisha B'Av. And so it's part of what caught my attention was that it's interesting that this Parsha happens right after this year, right after Tisha B'Av. Oh yeah, every year. You're right. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, <laughs> a good point. Um, that this Parsha happens after Tishabav because then we're getting this idea again, right? Not just in a holiday, not just in something that seems to be um, a little bit, a little bit more modern than the Torah, but something that reminds us that even in ancient, ancient, ancient history, that the first time that something was broken, we were told to hold on to it. Turn the page over. The first very long commentary on here is just to remind you what what the what the tablets are being kept in and because we don't have so much time i want us to skip to the um to the less kind of historical reminders and more of more of the um uh like tachlis of the of this particular verse so if you want to read through the historical reminder feel free to and i'm sorry that i don't have enough sheets for everybody but i did put page numbers everyone so it is it's a it's a good day in the Rabbi Schatz world for having page numbers. So on page two, I never get to say that. Um, okay, so in Bava Batra, in the Gemara, we get the following story, and it's actually gonna go into what we're gonna read in Menachem in just a second. The Gemara inquires, and doesn't the other sage, Rabbi Meir, also require it for that? Don't, don't worry about what that means, it's gonna explain it in a second. The Gemara answers, yes, it is indeed so. Rather, from where does he derive that the broken pieces of the first set of tablets were placed in the ark? The Gemara expounds, he derives this from that which Rav Yosef taught. As Rav Yosef taught in a Baraita, the verses state, at that time the Lord said to me, hew for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke, and you shall put them in the ark. This teaches that both the second set of tablets and the broken pieces of the first set of tablets were placed in the ark. So what are the rabbis, what are the rabbis telling us this for? What does this kind of explain for us a little bit more? Great, to learn from the past, but even more like specifically, what are, what are the rabbis getting at just on a, on a talkless, on a basic level here? Okay, you're all giving me great draw show. I'm just asking for like basics. What, what are the rabbis telling us? What's the basics here? But yes, that's true, Hannah. It's not a trick question. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the rabbis are saying there's no way that this actually happened, right? The verse, the ver- we actually didn't read the verse. I skipped over the verse completely. The verse says, I will inscribe on the tablets the commandments that were on the first tablets that you smashed and you shall deposit them in the ark. 
right? That, that verse doesn't actually explicitly say all the pieces and all the new and all the new tablets that are whole are also going to go in the ark. Right? So the rabbis are asking this question of what went in the ark? It's a little bit unclear from the Hebrew and even from the English translation what the what the subject is, right? Like, is it the broken pieces that you're going to deposit in the ark? Is it the new ones that you just told me to write that are going to the ark? I, it's unclear which ones are actually going to go in. So as Stevie pointed out, and I'm sorry that I forgot to read the verse. I was very excited about the commentaries. The rabbis are saying it's pretty clear that they that not only are we mentioning that these new ones are going to be written and then put in, but also those other pieces that you broke are going to also go into uh, go into this this um, wandering tabernacle. Any questions or thoughts about that? I mean, it's just like saying no one's sure that the exodus happened, right? Like, I, yeah, I guess, I guess not. But I think what the rabbis are getting at here is that they are sure that what the sentence in the Torah meant was that it wasn't just the put together tablets, that it was also the broken tablets. Yeah, yeah. Alan. Some Tem, you mean? Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Right, exactly. So I think the rabbis, as Steve, you said uh, earlier, this is this is the rabbis saying, for sure, we know that what Vesamtem means is that they put all all of the pieces, right, the shards and the and the full pieces into into the ark uh, to carry with them. By the way, I just want to I just want to mention just so you have a concept of of whether or not this happens in today's day, when we have a puzzle Torah let's just use Betham for an example. Is it in the ark? Right, exactly. So we don't hide it away. Now at Temple Betham, there, you know, you can't, you can't really go into a room that has a closet and not open it and find a Torah. Um, but <laughs> that's hidden away because we don't have enough arks. But in fact, in that, in that cabinet right there, there are about three Torahs. Um, yeah, but the, but the idea is that you don't just remove it because it's possible. You do exactly what Marshall just said. You put the chagura, you put the belt on the outside so that you know not to use it, but you don't dispose of it at all, right? You don't even remove it from its place. You keep it where it is, it then gets repaired, and then you use it again. But we don't actually get rid of it. We're not ashamed of it. And so too with this, right? We're not ashamed of the fact even though if we think back to the story of what caused the broken tablets, right, there's that really beautiful midrash um, that says, Yasher koach sheshibarta, like, good job, you broke the tablets because it allowed for repair and tikkun and all those things. But what led to the breaking of the tablets was not so great, right? None of that was wonderful. Just like when we talk about, I said we weren't going to talk about Tishbav, but just like when we talk about Tishbav, the actions leading up to Tishbav are not seen as rewardable actions and yet what we learn from the idea of losing a temple could be seen as beautiful be beautiful lessons right that's not to say that we don't want a temple but would we have known from this kind of prayer had there remained a temple right would we have known from spirituality beyond sacrifice if there had not been if there was still a temple right so there's there is some tikkun, there is some repair from that brokenness. So this next piece of menachot, some of it is going to sound similar, but it's going to, it's going to expound a bit more on, on what Bhavabhatra did. 
Menachot is also from um, the Talmud, it's another Masechet. Having mentioned the principle that one does not downgrade in matters of sanctity, so this gets back to the idea of it being a holy object, the Gemara cites a related issue. The verse states, at that time the Lord said to me, this is the verse that we that I that I went back and read for you a few minutes ago, hew for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were the first tablets, which you broke, and you shall put them in the ark. Rav Yosef teaches Abaraita. This verse teaches that both the tablets, is what we just read in Baba Batra, both the tablets of the covenant and the pieces of the broken tablets are placed in the ark. This is the new piece. One should learn from here that with regard to a Torah scholar who has forgotten his Torah knowledge due to circumstances beyond her control, for example, illness, one may not behave towards her in a degrading manner. Although the first tablets were broken, it is prohibited to treat them with disrespect due to their sanctity. A Torah scholar who forgot the Torah knowledge she once possessed is likened to these broken tablets. I did not change that he to she, by the way. That was there when I when I copied it. So what what is this now equating the broken tablets to that we that we understand in our in our lives? Okay, potentially an older person, right? Someone who someone who is losing their memory, someone who potentially has um, has kind of ceased to be able to put the, the pieces together in, in a linear way. Yeah. Like Alzheimer's, like dementia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's what Marsha was getting at, Rosa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Correct, correct. Yes, totally. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So anything that we hold, and thank you for bringing in something that wasn't necessarily Jewish, right? Anything that we might hold as sanctified, we don't just throw away. We bury it. We see it as a as a piece of holiness that we have to do something respectful with. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. I was I was agreeing with you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything else that this is that this piece is reminding you of, or or bringing to light for us? Yeah, Sandra. Mm-hmm. 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 Beautiful. And I, I will add to that and then um, repeat it again for those who couldn't hear you, that what I think this text is also trying to get us to imagine is that because we're working through something doesn't mean that we're broken, right? That, that we use the idea of broken tablets to equate us to all the scenarios that you mentioned, grief, having going through some kind of mental state or being born with something that that disables us from putting all the pieces together not not having a a full capacity in the understanding or the cognitive ability that others around us might have or just feeling not yourself right we all have days where we just don't feel ourselves and therefore we might feel broken but I think what this text is trying to remind us by saying, no, those pieces go right next to the holiest of tablets, is that it's, they might seem broken, they might look broken, they might actually be in shards, but they're not broken. They're just in a different state at this particular moment. And so finding ourselves a way to, to recognize that we might feel like we're bunches of pieces needing to be put back together, that each one of those pieces is very much whole and now we just need to figure out how to feel feel back ourselves yeah yeah totally totally yeah yes for sure and the next text text is going to have even more of that compassion that's exactly right that there's there's something that the rabbis are getting at that 
God, Moshe, whoever really understood that to be compassionate for both the experience that caused the broken tablets, but also the fact that those tablets were wholly written by God, done with kavanah, that we should have compassion for for them, right? For for that they that they meant something. They were significant, and to be able to take them as they are, even in this quote broken state. So this last midrash here, um, it's gonna midrash for those of you who haven't studied midrash in the past. Midrash picks up different pieces from different parts of Torah. Um, so I'm not gonna read all of the. Um, all of the citations, but just so you understand, that's what's happening here. It's bringing in different quotes from, from I was going to say all over, but different places in Deuteronomy, which is what is meant by thou shall overlay it with gold within and without. Now it's talking about making the tabernacle and there was gold on the outside and there was gold on the inside. He said to him, even though the wooden casket is to be inserted between them, handle it with the utmost care. Why? because the Torah, the tablets, and even the broken tablets will be placed within it. Hence, treat it with honor, since it is said you shall put them in the ark. That is, both the second tablets and the broken tablets shall be placed inside it, and you shall put them in the ark. That is to say, even if you should see students of Torah who are poor and unfortunate, treat them with respect, for the law is stored within them. This to me is really a text of compassion and, and in a way that you don't often hear rabbis talking about people who are less fortunate, especially people who might have special needs, right? That there's, there is often a, a um, category, right, where, where you might expect anybody, right? Someone who's deaf, someone who's blind, someone who doesn't have two legs, that, that there's some kind of misfortune there. But what the rabbis are trying to tell us is that no, no, they have Torah within them also. No matter how you might define them, that, the disability, if you, you might call that broken, but what we're reminding you as rabbis is that that is actually extremely powerful Torah. Because first of all, it's Torah that you don't have, right? I'm lucky enough to have two legs. So if someone is teaching me something about the way they get around in the world with only one leg, that's Torah I don't have. And that doesn't mean that they're broken. That just means that that's a part of me that I don't have and they're now adding that for me. So what this is, what this Midrash is getting at is that there, as, as we've now all said, but this idea of compassion, that when you bring when you bring together the the parts of you of others of torah that might not feel like they really go together that might not be the highlights right that might not be the things that you want to really lift up those things too have torah to teach us they have gems to be able to teach us something about something right no matter what it is i i remember a teaching about the shema that there's a very troubling halakha about the Shema, that if, you, if you're if you deaf, if you cannot hear, you don't say the Shema, because the first word is listen. And if you can't hear, why say the word listen? And one of the teachings that I heard on this, again, very troubling halakha, something that, again, is not a piece of Torah that you would necessarily lift up. It's part of that broken Torah in my mind, is the teaching that, no matter if you can hear or not, you can still say something that other people can listen to. 
right? You can still put out into the world that which someone else is listening to. And what I said to the B'nai Mitzvah earlier today was that listening is very different than hearing. Listening uses understanding and means that you're going to act on something and hear someone and be able to really respond to them. Hearing is just passive, right? You, you might hear something in, in passing, but you don't necessarily have to engage with it. So I think that what this is, and then I'm happy to hear some last comments. I think what this text is teaching us, and again, on the heels of Tisha B'Av, I think this is even more powerful. I think what this text is teaching us is that, sure, we, we might use the word broken, and in our minds, we might think of scattered ceramics or glass or whatever you might be thinking of. But what our rabbis are trying to teach us is that each of those pieces is something holy and it's something that is whole and can teach us something. And so that's why we keep it together with that which is complete and actually looks whole to remind us that we can learn even from those broken pieces and that from those broken pieces, we are also able to grow. Does anybody have any final comments or thoughts on this? Yeah, Marshall. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Really yeah, yeah. Right, like someone who who can't even bring themselves out of whatever they're in, right? They're so low in themselves and in their work that they can't bring themselves out of it. Yeah. Any other thoughts or comments? Okay. Yeah. Saving it? What do you mean? Oh, you mean because it's like a broken off piece of the temple? That's really interesting. Mm a really beautiful idea that there is something so this idea of the kotel is a broken off piece of something that was so powerful and whole for us and yet now we hold it in such high whole regard <laughs> that's really interesting that's really yeah alan right but it's still a part of the complex that was destroyed yeah 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 the the comment still stands correct yeah other other thoughts okay so, yeah, totally. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. For sure. So I hope as we're going through Parshat Akev this week that you're able to, to think about those pieces inside you, right, that you've kind of categorized as broken or categorized as putting them aside as not important, but being able to uplift them as seeds for growth and, and the ability to be able to put those pieces together and hold them within a holy vessel. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.